Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix, ready to break down another win. Yes. A huge win. Yes. The biggest of wins because of what it meant for the playoff standings and have a really exciting game to look ahead to this week as well. Um, Let's just start with our big overall takeaways from this last week's game that, man, we, I mean, we had talked about it going in. Like that was basically a playoff game in terms of what it meant for the implications of Mm -hmm. making it to the playoffs. Well, and I think really leading up to that game this week, leading up to the Packers game, you just hear it over and over from players and coaches stressing the singular focus, the playoff mentality. Um, I mean, I think I've heard it about 10 times at this point, but I really think you saw this team really embody that against the Falcons, needing to get that win. It's kind of the, the winner-go-home type of situation because if the Bucks win out, they will win the NFC South. Um, so you saw that urgency. The offense struggled a little bit initially to kind of get the, the passing game going. You saw a lot of those three and outs, but they were able to get – really up until the explosives at the end, including the 11-yard touchdown to Kate Otten um, under the final 31 seconds, which nail-biter, love that. Um, but they were able to get the running game going again for the third straight week, had a season-high 148 yards on the ground. Rashad White kind of eclipsed that 100-yard marker. Um, and I think really just what the coaches have kind of said this week, that you've seen they're starting to recognize and he's starting to get a feel of what – Rashad White does best, whether that's his ability in space, off the screens, the the pistol runs, kind of the mid-zone things inside, but also just the push that this offensive line is getting. Um, and really just took advantage of what the Falcons were giving them. You know, they used a lot of the the two high shell with kind of the two safeties deep, um, man coverage underneath, that kind of created some opportunities with that light box for the run game. And you saw Rashad White really kind of take advantage of that, even on his 31-yard touchdown where, you know, Baker Mayfield just kind of had the quick pitch. Um, they used that two high shell, and then Rashad White just kind of made that guy miss, cut inside, and then Tristan Wirfs, man, Cody Mauck, Aaron Sinney, just the job that they've done blocking downhill and kind of elongating those rush lanes, I think was really excited to see. And then defensively, man, held the Falcons to 5 of 13 on third down, kind of a continuation of what we've been seeing and just kind of their their ability to kind of shorten those drives, make teams stall out, um, get Baker Mayfield back on the field in the Bucks offense, kind of giving them another chance to score. Um, and then, of course, Antoine Winfield Jr., again, just playing like his hair is on fire, had the the strip sack that led to the safety for Pat O'Connor. Uh, Carlton Davis had an interception, which, again, just kind of goes back to his play recognition, the film study, reading that kind of bubble screen that they had dialed up for B. John Robinson and kind of undercutting that pass. So I think it's just kind of the exciting steps that you want to see at this point in the season. The defense generating takeaways, getting a little bit of some of that pressure to cause the errant throws, and then the Bucks getting the run game going consistently. Because early on in the season, they committed to it, weren't able to necessarily get those big chunk plays. It was more of just like the four or five yards. But then as the season has progressed, you're starting to see those nine, ten yards. Rashad breaking out for, you know, had the 31-yard touchdown. So I think the – this team is really where you want them to be at this point in the season, kind of in this final push to the playoffs. Yeah, I loved the idea that you see them learning how to win in the last minute in the progress in that area, that Coach Bowles right. has talked about this of where we forget sometimes how young this team is, how young right. so many of the key contributors are. And sometimes you do have to learn how to win in those close game situations. And I thought it was so interesting to watch how similar this game 
felt at the end to the Houston game and to watch them have a different outcome, to watch yeah. them have a different situation on defense, to still be able to, in multiple games, go down offensively, score what could be a game-winning touchdown, and then watch what your defense is able to do of going from, in Houston, not going the way they wanted, to this game, right. getting right. that stop. I think that's a really encouraging thing, again, as we talk about December football, playoff football, mm -hmm. getting the last-second touchdown, getting the last-second stop. You feel really good when you feel like your team right. can do both of those things. Um, and, man, Kate Otten, this guy, yes. I just think it's so amazing that he already has three last-minute game-winning type touchdowns oh, yeah, in his career. Last year. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like – and this guy, again, he's so young. He's not our most targeted guy, but it just shows that, I mean, whichever quarterback he has trusts him right. in that situation, and I just think to that's a really it. great sign for him in the future of his career of, like – no matter how young he is in the league or what else is going on, those quarterbacks know in the red zone, in crunch time, mm -hmm. they can count on Kate. And he's proven why. He's right. shown why. Um, and Baker Mayfield in the clutch as well. I just feel like yes. we need to always tell him, like, there's only a minute left. In every play, we're just going to there's only a minute left. Because yeah. then it's like, man, does he step up in just huge yes. ways. And I feel like he just thrives mm -hmm. in those moments. And that's what you want in a quarterback. And he oh, seems yeah. like he gets everybody else to thrive. He gets everybody else fired up. I loved watching him in that game going over on the sidelines to his offensive line and everyone else, like, getting them fired up. Yeah. Like, I was ready to go yeah. hit somebody. I was <laughs> like, right. let's go. This is great. Um, and then, yeah, Rashad in the run game overall. And uh, both Rashad and Chase Edmonds. I thought yes. that was really yeah. cool to see because, man, we've been asking a lot of Rashad of mm -hmm. run game, pass game, and I'm sure especially Walking as you get yeah. late in the season and into the playoff push, it would be nice to give him a bit of a break occasionally, get, yeah. a, get a little bit of a breather, and feel like you still can have production. Right, right. And to see that Chase Edmonds was, was able to step up in that role, I feel like was really great. And again, we forget he missed a lot of time yeah. with injury, and as we've talked about the run game overall, was going to take some time to gel, and then Chase Edmonds lost some of that time due to injury mm -hmm. I feel like we're seeing that not only is the run game and the offensive line and Rashad getting things figured out Chase Edmonds getting some of those reps to right. have time to get things figured out as well um but yeah Rashad White over 100 yards rushing for the second time this year and, the, and then the important part is it's the second in three games so yeah. it's the fact that now you're seeing a consistency of that it wasn't a fluke it wasn't one game that just maybe the other team couldn't defend the run that it's like right. we're starting to see okay this off, is about right. the Bucks run game doing well mm -hmm. consistently. Um, it's the sixth game this season he's had 100-plus yards from scrimmage, and I love this because he's that's the second most in the league among running backs behind just Christian McCaffrey. If you're going to be behind mm -hmm. someone, it's not a bad person. Yeah. To be up there with Christian McCaffrey in any stat, great is, sign. Yeah. So I loved that. Um, and, yeah, to your point about the, the chunk runs, three games in a row with a 30-plus yard play. Now, this last game it counted as a pass. Right. Um, but just for him to have three games in a row of a 30-plus yard gain is incredible for this mm -hmm. offense and what well, that and it can builds, mean. It builds confidence, you know. I yes. mean, it's a little bit demoralizing, I'm sure, for just everyone, how no matter how much time, effort you put into it, you're continuing to build it, like Dave Canales has said, because you don't want to sacrifice the now for the future. So they continued to try and build it, but you weren't necessarily getting those. But to now see it all come to fruition, I mean, that has to just build mm -hmm. the confidence that this team is now going to force teams to allocate resources to the run game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then in terms of the pass game, I thought it was interesting to watch. So Chris Godwin, 11 targets, which is the most on the team, five catches uh, for 53 yards, including, of course, that 32-yard mm -hmm. gain to set up the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. 
another guy that just in the clutch. Yes. Chris Godwin is the guy. Like, oh, yeah. you know, the... you can count on him mm-hmm. to make that play. And I love the stat. He, in his 100th career game, he got his 500th career catch. I'm like, thank you for those lovely round numbers, Chris. Ah, Isn't yes. that beautiful? And uh, so now he and Mike are the only players in franchise history with 500 catches. I just wow. forever love these stats that remind us of what greatness we're getting to watch. Yes. And that yeah. I just have to imagine that Mike and Chris are going to have these Bucks records for so long mm-hmm. and to get to be here to witness like these right. are the kind of things in an NFL franchise that you love to say like I was there when right. I got you're, to you're watch witnessing history Chris yeah. and Mike out there together doing their thing um and then he's also just the 30th player in league history with 500 plus receptions in his first 100 career games which shows that he's yeah. so good at producing on a consistent level and again missed time yeah. with injury so to have the kind of production that he's had first 500 mm-hmm. career game first 100 career games I think is right. really great well and the toll on his body too yes. makes a lot of the contested catches over the middle does body takes a beating does a lot of blocking yep. he's willing and to just put himself still, out there right. do whatever the team needs him to do which I think is great um and yeah defensively I just love that they held them under 100 yards rushing as a team mm-hmm. without Vita I mean going into the game we had talked about the keys to the game. We had talked about what Atlanta mm-hmm. wants to do. And in general, the idea of here's a team with three dynamic running backs that wants to do that all day, and you're going to be without Vita. You're going to probably say that's not a recipe for success. Yes, right. And I thought that was so cool to watch our defense step up in that way, and especially on third down. This is a trend we've watched now for weeks. Mm-hmm. First seven-ish weeks of the season, third down, not going Great. real well yeah. on defense. And everyone out there will tell you that, especially third and longs. Like, it was just – not great. And then all of a sudden they've just locked down. So now they held them to five of 13 on third down, which is 38.5%. So this is the sixth straight game they've held their opponent to below 40% on third down, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. Mm. So they have the longest streak of holding teams to below 40% on third down. That is incredible right. for what that means about your defense getting off the field, giving mm-hmm. your offense more chances. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Anton Winfield, I feel like we could talk about this all day. But, again, uh, another sack. So he now has three and a half more than any other DB since he entered the league. And I loved the stat about he now joins Hall of Famer. This is what I want to start doing this now with everything with Antoine, finding the stats that compare him to Hall, Hall of Famers, Famers to just start setting this campaign up yeah. like for years. So he joins Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins as the only DBs with at least – Three sacks, three forced fumbles, and three fumble recoveries in a single season since 2000. And we still got four games to go. I'm like, this dude is just racking it up. Um, And I really want to shout out KJ Britt for just multiple reasons. But I feel like to step into that role these last couple weeks, to get have the the energy, the hype, the everything Mm -hmm. to step in, and then he gets hurt and how crushing that must have been when he had his opportunity. Then he gets another opportunity this last week and stepped up in just really big ways. I think about that chase down he had of Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson to save a touchdown, and look at how clutch that ended up being right. when you think about the seven versus three, three. on that play. Mm-hmm. And um, just the confidence he seemed to play with, the speed. It didn't seem like he was hesitant on right. things. Um, and then also he – stepped up in a big way and went with the rookies to all children's hospital this week. And, and it did. turns out fun fact, KJ Britt has some pipes. Yes. He is 
great. Dude can he carried, sing. I'm just going to be honest. He, oh. he carried that performance. 100%. In a major way. Yeah, there was a lot of guys just kind of swaying and dancing next to mm-hmm. him. Like, KJ, hit it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be your We're backup the, dancers. Yeah. And, you know, just the speaking casually was, in the back. That was my favorite. I felt like Yaya specifically added a lot of <laughs> what I would just call, like, backup sounds. Yeah. Where, like, KJ would be singing and, like, Let's say it was Jingle Bells. Like, he would start singing Jingle Bells, and it, like, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. And then you'd hear Yaya in the background go, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, that almost was Almost like a beatbox That situation. was the contribution. So, yes, KJ yes. Britt stepped up on and off, off the field, field this week. <laughs> so I wanted to shout him out. Um, and then finally, Chris McLaughlin, um, Chase McLaughlin. Chris McLaughlin. I know somebody named Chris, so that was a shout-out to my friend Chris. Uh. Chase McLaughlin <laughs> hits a 55-yarder. Um, he's now made five field goals of 50-plus yards this season. Tied for the seventh most in the NFL this year, and he's 22 of 27 in his career on attempts of over 50 yards. The confidence that gives you to be able to go out in those scenarios of where sometimes if you have a kicker that maybe they're really consistent around 40 and in, that's great. But when you're in that situation where it's like, oh, it's, man, it's a 55-yarder, like, we don't really want to punt. Do we feel confident about this? What's that going to mean for field position? Like, just... The right. confidence that can give bowls to send him out, the ways that can get you some of these extra points that really end up mattering down the stretch where otherwise maybe you might have punted. Um, I just feel like Chase has become such a big weapon for us and a, and a source of confidence, which is really exciting. Um, all right, so now right. injury report. This is a this is quite a segment this week for both teams. Oh, yes. So lay it on us. What do we? Who do we have? Who do we'll we not have? We'll start with the uh, positives. So the positive is that Jamel Dean and Devin White both practice in a full capacity on Thursday, and we're filming this on Friday morning. So that was good to see after they've missed several games. Um, but... Not so great on the other front. So Carlton Davis, Will Golston, Chris Godwin, Ryan Neal, long snapper Zach Triner, and Vita Vea all did not participate in practice. Yep. So all of those will definitely be names to continue monitoring as we progress through the week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of names. Yes, but you know and what? a lot of starters. <laughs> At least they're spread out in positions as compared to our uh, inside linebacker just decimation yes. recently. So yes. at, least, at least it's spread out. I'm trying to find the silver right. lining of this injury right. report. Well, and I will say kudos, too, with Carlton, Jamel Dean having been banged up. What a job Zion McCollum has done. Um, Todd Bowles, you know, said earlier in the week that he's kind of been the unsung hero um, and I think you've really just seen the strides that he made. I mean, the two critical pass breakups, he had led the team in nine tackles. Um, so just what a job he's doing, not necessarily even just blanketing receivers, the speed element, but also just disrupting, throwing windows and flying around, making tackles. And he's not obviously the biggest person, no. but I mean, he's flying in there intensely hitting people yep. showing off the athleticism. Um, and showing yes his physicality the athleticism the range um so just what a job that that he's done this yeah season. I agree with that um which actually takes us into our one-on-one oh, yes. which was my pick Zion McCollum yes, <laughs> it's it like was. it's the like A. you knew it's like you I knew got you, Casey. so I picked him versus and I kind of gave a caveat here Christian okay. Watson or Romeo Dobbs and like this leads into a little bit of their injury report situation which is yes, yes. equally as long as ours which is very helpful of like hey if we're gonna yeah. be struggling it's only fair that you guys right. be struggling on the injury front too so Christian Watson has a hamstring and not really sure if he's going to uh, participate and if not Romeo Dobbs you know I'm looking at just kind of one of those guys of 
guys that can be a deep threat, guys that have some of the speed to them, and you know, watching Zion go against them again, either knowing that it looks like maybe Carlton, whether or not he's available, mm -hmm. and then Jamel coming off an injury, so not sure even if he does play, like what percent is he at? So I feel like that's going to put a pretty heavy burden on Zion right. to try to carry both of those things. Um, and also the Packers are tied for the ninth most interceptions thrown. So I just feel like our DBs in general, it's going to be interesting to see if this is another one where we can mm -hmm. uh, create some turnovers, create right. some pressure on that front. So, um, And then my other one-on-one, -on -one, um, I picked Rashad White, of course, uh, especially – and I didn't even do a one-on-one. -on -one. I cheated on this. I just said him versus their run defense because That's they cool. Cool. allow <laughs> the second most rushing yards in the league. So – I am this pretty. This was my. This is this yeah. is your position group the, yep, or whatever. Yep. yep, that's what I figured. So yeah, yeah. Um, they also it's in, they rank 11th in the league in points allowed, and they're stingy against the pass. Like they their defense overall right. has these things going but for I'm it. They allowed just 200 passing yards per game. Uh, they're ranked 10th in red zone touchdown percentage allowed. So looking at all of that. Obviously, the rushing yards are going to be where you need to try right. to get your major gains, your major um, moving down the field, all of that stuff in the red zone because they, they do seem to crack down decently on your pass game. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you need to be able to run the ball to then if you want to be able to take some of those deep shots, you want to be able to use your passing game, you got to set up that run right. early on. So for you, one-on-ones. I, I'm really proud of us. We didn't overlap on this one today. That's great. I did Cody Malk against Kenny Clark. And then I did Antoine Winfield Jr. against Jordan Love. Um, so for Cody Malk, obviously he had a little bit of the expected learning curve, um, kind of in the transition from college to the pros. But over the last really several weeks, I mean, Dave Canales has dubbed him the most improved player. Um, I think you've seen that in the strides that the run game has made, just in his move blocking in space, that lateral agility. You're starting to see kind of everything grasp for him and just kind of how he's able to play fast mm -hmm. um, and just kind of that wall and the presence that he's been able to set for the Bucks in the interior. But, man, he's he's faced some tough challenges this year, and Kenny Clark, the Packers' menacing nose tackle that has a – hellacious bull rush, um, just wrecks havoc against the run, against the pass, and I'm going to once again steal a marvelous stat from Scott Smith. But um, according to NextGen, Clark has 18 quarterback pressures since week 10, the second most by an interior lineman in that span. Wow. But just overwhelms centers and guards and has just kind of that instinctive feel um, and that understanding of leverage. So I think that's going to be a really, really crucial matchup this week is how they're able – to stand up, protect Baker Mayfield in the pocket, and are they able to get pushed to kind of get that run game going against that front with Kenny Clark and then also, of course, Rashawn Gary. Um, they kind of set the tone. And then Antoine Winfield against Jordan Love. I am excited for this. Todd Bowles, of course, is known for just kind of that, that aggressive, one-gap penetrating style, and Antoine Winfield is kind of one of these – Kind of the, the key focuses, especially with Devin White being out of these pressure packages, the blitzes, um, with just his closing burst, his physicality in the box. Um, and with a guy like Jordan Love, he isn't necessarily like a rookie, but he doesn't have a lot of experience, small sample size starting, just kind of absorbing everything from Aaron Rodgers the last several years, almost in a redshirt situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, played very little time. And this year is kind of his first breakout role. 
Um, so I think Todd Bowles is going to be licking his chops, dialing up those pressure packages. Um, and I think Antoine Winfield will definitely be a key focus in limiting Jordan Love and whether it's, you know, him coming on a blitz or whether it's him disrupting those passing windows and kind of the catch space. I think Antoine's going to have a really, really big game against him because, I mean, Jordan Love can attack at every arm angle. He has the mobility, can beat you with his legs. So... I think Antoine's going to be a really key key ingredient for for the Bucks. On I Sunday. like that. Yeah. So for position group, uh, I went with inside linebacker for us because okay. a again watching you know guys like KJ Britt, maybe Servasi Dennis having to step into this role. It's incredibly important to see how they handle it. Do they continue to you know does KJ continue to be able to play at a high level, especially as you look at as you know we talked about the injury report. Do you have Vita? Do you have Will Golston? There's a chance you have neither of them. When it comes to the run game, (laughs) don't love that. And so can your inside linebackers step up and try to help stop some of those gaps Mm -hmm. up in there, maybe get some tackles for loss, try to really wreak some havoc in the run game when you're without two of your better run stoppers in a lot of ways. And especially when you look at, okay, so I don't know, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, they also, again, injury situation there where it looks like you got a broken thumb for one, you're coming off a knee injury for another. I don't really know at what level they're going to be playing at, but again, when you, Christian Watson, also maybe not be at 100%, you know they're going to still want to be able to run the ball. Whichever one of those guys is or isn't available, they're going to want to try to do that, especially in December in Green Bay, let's be honest. I mean, it looks like we're (laughs) avoiding the worst of what could be the weather, but you know that typically it's like that ground is going to be colder. It's going to, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, like, can they get the footing they need in the run game and you have a chance to really try to stop that force them to air it out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think that to know that without potentially will and Vita or at least one of them, I want to know that the inside linebackers can step into mm-hmm. that gap. Um, and then, yeah, my other one was our offensive line versus uh, Rashawn Gary. This was kind of one of my versus the, the one-on-one situations of this guy, man. I mean, he had three sacks against the lions alone recently. So, yeah. you know, this is a guy that if you allow him, can be a game wrecker. Right. Yes, and that he is. So I feel like, again, to be able to withhold him, keep him at bay, and then get your run game going, as we talked about how important that is going to be for the offensive line yeah. when we know that the Packers are way stingier against the pass on defense. Can you get your run game going? And then if you end up in some of these third-down passing situations, can you keep Rashawn Gary at bay? Right. So for you, position groups. I went with running back, mm-hmm. um, kind of to piggyback off of what yep. you said in the Bucks D line, but obviously for running back, like you mentioned, their run defense is ranked 31st in the league. Um, they're allowing an average of 148 yards on the ground per game. The Giants ran the ball 34 times for 209 yards against the Packers defense. Now, granted, they didn't have one of their best tacklers in Quay Walker. He was out for the game. Um, so I think that probably contributed to it a little bit. But I think there's going to be some opportunities this week. And are they kind of able to continue in this last push of the season? You're going to be able to need to run the ball. It's going to be colder. Are they able to continue to get that push, get Rashad White in space, whether it's on the outside, through the interior? Um, and also just using change of pace, using Chase Edmonds and kind of getting things going. Or even if it's the the jet sweeps, you get Chris Godwin involved. Um, all of these things, I think, can kind of come together um, and really build this this offense against the Packers in that climate at Lambeau Field. And then for the Bucks defensive line, um, the Packers offensive line has allowed the fifth fewest sacks in the NFL on Jordan Love. Wow. And... 
Obviously, Tampa Bay did not have Vita Vea last week, who's not only a great run stopper, incredible but, yeah. run stopper, <laughs> but he's also just kind of a, a, a mauler and also harasses the pocket and has surprising quickness yeah, he's for a man his size. Yes, just absolutely consistently commands double teams, is just a, a beast. So, how are the Bucks able to? hopefully kind of get some of those pressure on love, force him to make mistakes, force him to make some of those errant throws, Mm -hmm. get takeaways and kind of cause the havoc up front and dictating the pace of the game and the line of scrimmage, I think is going to end up being crucial for the Bucs. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it affects Kalijah Kansi because obviously he'll, again, Vita will, since we're recording this, we don't know which one of them, if either of them will be available. But what does that mean you end up asking of Kalijah to do and then also does it mean where do they end up putting their double teams? Because usually they go on Vita. You know, right. that's the number one place that offenses double team. If Vita's not in there, are they doubling Kalijah? Are they doubling your outside guys trying to rush? You know, right. where do they end up putting their focus? Mm-hmm. And then who does that set up? Because I think Kalijah gets to be the benefit of Vita's double teaming, you know, that right. they're taking yeah. on him. And that gives Kalijah some opportunities. Right. So this, we've seen him play at an elite level so far. He's been absolutely killing it. But if Vita, you know, in these games, we, we still saw without Vita this last week, Kalijah still got a sack. Right. And I think that's a great sign. And so can you continue to see that where maybe when he gets a little bit more attention, right. he's still producing. Well, and there may be some, so Jordan Love hasn't had Christian Watson, hasn't had Luke Musgrave, kind of two of his, key targets and especially for Christian Washington kind of that downhill threat so you may see a little bit of some hesitation at times and that might provide opportunities mm-hmm. for Shaq Barrett or Kalijah Kansi or guys to get to Jordan Love yeah so. all right so quote of the week what do you have oh, for us I'm not gonna lie so there were several there are lots that I could have chosen but last night I was looking over because I'm just gonna be honest I wasn't in there for it but I went back and looked at the quotes from Larry Foote from yesterday. Wow. Yeah. He, I'm not going to lie. Coach Foote's one of our favorites. to Coach Foote. He attacked it behind the podium. Just absolute nostalgia talking about His Lambeau time. Field. I've never been. Very excited. But this just, I was ready to suit up after I read this. <laughs> but he said it was on the difference in the playoff push for teams in the final stretch of the season. And he said, you've got to keep your faith. You've got to stay confident. The mistakes you made in September, October, November need to be cut out. That's the stuff we are stressing. Young players, old players, we are all fighting. We are in the playoffs already. We're fighting. Each quarter counts. Every play matters. The mistakes we made early, hopefully you don't see them again. But you've got to have confidence. You've got to believe no matter what people say. And you've got to think that you can do the unknown, that you can shock the world. And that that last one-liner, I, yes, I just got fired up. And especially in a hostile environment and just the kind of that storied history that the Packers have, that historic place, going in there, the cold weather. I mean, this is what you dream of if you're an NFL player. So That's great. I also just love having a guy like Coach Foote on the, on the staff, you know, and yes. especially the position he coaches. Like, he's it's in great. there with guys like Levante, and, all, and you could just tell it's like they all love him. He knows what it takes to be good in this league. Yeah. Like, he played at an elite level, 
and he's got that fieriness to oh, him. Always. And um, he's definitely one of the louder coaches. Oh yeah, you'll hear him. You'll hear him down the hallway. Some trash off there. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. So my quote is from Coach Bowles, and he okay. was asked about the Packers wide receivers, and I thought it was a really interesting thing that he said. Again, as we don't really know who all is going to be available or at what percent, but he said normally you either face speed guys or big guys that can catch. They've got size, speed, and they've got precision. They're very good route runners. They have very good hands, and they compete. At any point in time, any one of them can beat you. That's what makes it hard about these guys. They're all pretty much on the same level. That's some high praise mm-hmm. coming from Bulls and talking about some of these guys that are younger. Maybe they right. aren't the the household names. You know, they're yeah. not a Hopkins or a Mike Evans or, a, you know, where everyone has maybe heard the names as much. But he was saying, look, they, they're big, fast, and good route runners. That's right. the trifecta. Yeah. And have good hands. I mean, that's that's all the things you can ask for. And so to know that, again, we have Carlton on the injury report, yeah. Jamel maybe coming off of it. Um, it's a tall task for these DBs, for this defense, to know that these are running back or these are wide receivers who kind of bring all of that to it. I thought that was interesting hearing mm-hmm. him talk about that from, again, him being the defensive coordinator perspective of like, Hey, these guys are a handful. And so I think it's going to be interesting to right. watch all those matchups, how they, how they handle it. And then, like you said, Antoine Winfield, I think this is going to be a really important game for him to be able to offer help wherever right. it's needed to all those different guys. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So as always, we close with our little human interest off the field yes. piece. So I had Kalijah Kansi on my radio show this week, which if you have not already watched it, it was great. He was wonderful. Um, and I just thought this was one of my favorite parts. We always end up talking about like youth football when guys played as kids and like Pop Warner and all of this. And one of our favorite things to talk about is what position guys played when they were younger versus what they play now. Right. And how much in Pop Warner and those youth leagues, it's about your weight, that they have these weight classes and limits, and that forces guys to, to either play, be certain, off, you know, yeah. play offensive or defensive line or play a skill position or what age group and league you're in. It's all weight-based. <laughs> and Kalijah told – we always like asking, like, you know, what, were you, what did you want to play? And he was like, I wanted to be a running back so bad. That was all he wanted. He <laughs> talked about all these different guys he watched, like Clinton Portis and people that he grew up watching and loving, and he said <laughs> – and then because of my weight, I had to switch out of that and go to being a lineman. And we said, how old were you when this happened? What, how old do you think? Just pick pick an age that you feel like this might have happened. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with six. Yeah, it was four. The, he, he started at running back at four, and then by the time he was five, sorry, buddy, <laughs> we got to move you up. And I told him that I had – Found out some stuff researching him ahead of time on the show that I had found a quote he'd said before where when he was asked about this, he said, yep, too many honey buns and Skittles. And I <laughs> I loved the honesty of that. I love – so five years old, his dream of being a running back was already dead at five. Had to go play with the big boys in, uh, in the trenches. <laughs> And I just really enjoyed that. And he was like, oh. de- he was like, I was, I was devastated. I was so sad that I, I was, was just so big already oh. at such a young age. And it's so funny because even some of our offensive linemen now, they're like, oh yeah, I had to put all yeah. this weight on. Oh, like I had to gain all this weight later. <laughs> like I was so small and this, and I just love that Kalijah's like, nope, I was already ready to be a lineman from pretty much day one. I'm not going to lie. I feel like going to make some Christmas goodies this next week. And I feel like we need to get uh, the some, honey buns and things. Kansi, some honey buns. I agree. I agree. Although now it's like, wait, you're already on the line. We need to like, we're good. We've already, yeah. <laughs> we've already got you where we need you. 
All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Tampa 2. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you next week.